0: I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very
1: frightening. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo. Hi, Vim. Thank you for being in my podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Hi, <laughs> how are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. Excited to do this. Is my first podcast, actually. So, uh... Uh, so, Vim, um, tell me about you. Tell me about your entrepreneurship experience. And tell me, before starting with this, tell me about your background. Where do you come from and so on. Sure.
0: So I'm Wim Coles. I'm uh, from the Netherlands. And my uh, background is actually in... uh, So I used to study uh, computer science and uh, embedded systems. So a bit of a technical background there. And these days I work full-time on my uh, software company. And I got into running a company quite some years ago actually while I was still at university with my uh, co-founder so we started out with creating software because we both had like a lot of ideas of of cool things that we could make and especially for us the fun part is to create something that then a lot of people use to sort of make their lives a little bit better or easier you know make it uh, make make them more productive so we were full of ideas and we thought it would be very cool to start something of our own so yeah that's that's what we did when we were still in university and our first product was was actually some PC software that people could use to back up all their data. In what year was that? So that was in two thousand eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a long time ago. <laughs> so that was really our, our very first experience with creating creating a real product that, mm-hmm. that we were, you know, planning to, to sell and have other people use other than some sort of hobby projects that, that a lot of people uh, make. So that was really exciting to to start building that. And we worked on that, I think, full time. Well, not full time. We were still doing our studies on the side, but that was like, main project. Our, our main project, exactly, yes. for like a year, I think. And um, we were quite happy with uh, like the sort of engineering behind it. And uh, I think we focused a little bit too much on too that. Much. Uh, so the product did quite a lot of things and it could it could back up all your system files and even if you plugged in your camera all that works. so it was kind of something like something that a, we
1: have now with Dropbox uh, and stuff. exactly, okay. it's it's
0: now what, what what Dropbox
1: is basically, although I think Dropbox is better than, than what we <laughs> but made we, at the time you started but in 2008, maybe Dropbox at that time was not that complex,
0: yeah it could be so it, it was actually for that time I think it was quite new and mm-hmm. we also really focused on, on making it very user friendly and mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. just backed up everything to the cloud mm-hmm. um, so yeah in that time that wasn't really around um, and why
1: is not on the market anymore yeah so
0: um, we made a couple of mistakes there okay uh, so I think that's very interesting to, to learn from um, of course so like i said first of all we we focused a little bit too much on the on the engineering so Mm -hmm. we made like this this uh this product in kind of like a vacuum to ourselves and we should probably have started earlier just to put it out there Mm -hmm. and we also marketed it kind of as this like pc software so Mm -hmm. we kind of um, took some wrong channels to advertise this so we were thinking about maybe uh, stores or uh, maybe telling pc magazines about it or something Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. and then dropbox which actually I think it came around maybe like around the same time, sort of. They they spread their message through the web, of course, which was the logical way to do it. Okay. Um, and that was a much more effective way. And another mistake that we made is that we made the program uh, in Dutch. So we thought we initially targeted the Dutch market, which for us was like a local market, but it didn't help us at all. Because <laughs> uh, especially for this kind of like online software, there really wasn't much of a market uh, <laughs> in the Netherlands. People weren't really used to paying for raw okay. software, let alone online software. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it would have been much easier if we would have just targeted the international market in English and mm-hmm. on the web. So that I think those were like the, the main mistakes we made. Okay. And in the end, we made the hard decision because you have all those sunk costs and it's of course a nice project that you kind of like fell in love with, but we decided like, okay, this is not really the way to go. And we should just decide that it hasn't really worked out and maybe move on. And and by then, of course, you had like a lot of alternatives. Of course, uh, Dropbox being the major one, which was a great product.
1: But do you remember an uh, episode in that time when you heard about Dropbox? You you thought in some way to do it differently or you thought, oh, it's, it's too late for us. Or what was your thought about yeah, this? Yeah, I
0: think it, 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 it became very popular already around the time maybe that we were having some some doubts with our approach. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't remember a specific episode where we thought like, Oh no, you know, now everything like now everything is, is doomed. Okay. Um, I mean we, we saw that it was a, a great product, uh, and obviously we wouldn't be the only people who would have an idea of like backupping files or so I, I think it was yeah, it was already around that time that we thought like okay, our approach is maybe not, not that great and maybe it's better to like move on to something else. And then mm-hmm. having Dropbox on top, which was yeah, a, a very great product and people really loved it. Mm-hmm. So we thought like okay, maybe this is not really the uh, the area we should focus on. Um,
1: uh, okay, and the next project? Yeah, so
0: then we decided, okay, now we're going to do something for the web. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to do it in English to just reach that international market. And this was still, we were still doing our studies uh, mm-hmm. on the site uh, and side jobs also. So. There was um, a lot of freedom in that way. Like we didn't really have, you know, as a student, you don't have like some, some lifestyle or like uh, many, I mean, you're used to being poor. So we, we had some some time to, to come up with some uh, different ideas. And we just started simple with like a, a task manager, mm-hmm. uh, which was called Timer timer timer.com and um, yeah we just had a little bit of a different twist to to like task management and it's something that we could also use ourselves because we had a lot of things that we had to juggle like side job studying and then writing the software
1: so yeah we So the first clients were you exactly
0: (laughs) and and that's that's also really great I think for developing a product that it's actually something you you need yourself so you can interview yourself uh, what do you need and um, yeah scratching your own itch as they say Yes. Um, So we started with that product and here we really just made a very simple prototype. So we had kind of learned from this mistake of just diving in and then, uh, you know, not asking anyone for their opinion for a year. So this time we did did that a little bit better. So we made a prototype, we made a little video explaining what the product was Okay. uh, and then we sent it around to uh, some of the people that had actually also seen our our previous uh, product to just, you know ask for some opinion and we also posted it on some forums where other people would also post about their programs just to get some feedback Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that was really great so for the first time we really got feedback from people that said like wow you know where can we use it so this this is very exciting of course and then we launched like a beta Mm-hmm. Uh, which was completely free, just to get like more traffic and and more users. Yeah, and that that was ve- very nice because then they start using it. They gave us feedback. Then we improved the product and so on. So by the time that we really launched, that we thought, okay, this is good enough to to like s- start charging money for. Yes. We already had quite a long um, uh, email list of people who were interested in the product.
1: And how was the switch in the mind of the consumers? from beta to public from not paying to paying right (laughs) yeah so some people of course
0: uh they really like to experiment with mm-hmm. new products but they don't really like to, to pay for it of course and we made Timer like a freemium product so okay. even for the so we gave all the beta users a discount mm-hmm. like as a thank you for giving us feedback and so on yes so they during the beta they could have they could use it for free and then afterwards I think it was like a 25% discount or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and then of course the people who really didn't want to pay we had like a, a limited uh, free plan to back up everything and stuff yeah and then they could they could still use it but it was just limited in, in, oh, okay. in features oh, Yeah, okay. and of course you always have some people who are a little bit like disgruntled by the fact that you have to pay although upfront we also said like okay this this is like we're going to charge for this eventually
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um, I think we we converted quite some people from the beta to like uh, paying customers mm-hmm. and I still remember that we were at the uh, student room of my my co-founder uh, where we basically like uh, pulled the switch and launched it. We sent out this emails, which was very scary, <laughs> like <laughs> thousands of emails. And then we had uh, made it so that if people would pay us, uh, I think it was through, yeah, through PayPal, that we would get like a notification on the phone. Okay. And I remember we launched it and then we were like, okay, we have no idea, are people gonna pay for this? And because of that, that previous product, that backup yes. product, we, yes. we never really had any paid customers <laughs> except for some people that we know. Yes. Um, some friends. Maybe. Exactly, okay. yeah. And they, they actually used it, but not, <laughs> not really like people we didn't know at all. Okay. You know. Okay. So this was like, okay, it, are we really able to do this thing? Can mm-hmm. we actually sell software? And then I remember like maybe five or ten minutes in... Um, my my friend's uh, phony starts ringing, uh, or like a mobile this, phone. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, making this yeah. vibration sound. <laughs> like wow, first payment <laughs> and then another one, and then another one. So Whoa. that was like uh, really exciting. Uh, to to already that day, some people were like, um, they were really. Happy that it was finally launched and and subscribed to the product because okay. their their whole team was using it by now, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, so that was a very exciting feeling to have like your first
1: customers in Inter- the international market.
0: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, wow. Yeah, and we also sent it around to to a bunch of blogs, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like we got featured by some big ones like Mashable, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that that gave us a lot of traffic again. Okay. okay and uh, okay.
1: that sort of got the whole uh, ball rolling. Well yeah Do you remember the countries uh, where was the most interesting uh... I
0: think uh, it was mostly the United States mostly. as mm-hmm. always with uh, with these kind of like online web products yes I think they are also a little bit more open to to jump into like new software mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, we usually find Europeans to be a bit, little bit more hesitant when it comes to either than like new products but mm-hmm. also uh, online products so mm-hmm. like SaaS apps especially a couple of years ago I mean now it's slowly starting to become uh, uh, more normal to them also mm-hmm. but uh yeah i think for some reason we most of our clients were still originally from from the us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um th- i think for them it was also more common already
1: to use like other SaaS apps uh, have you had any thoughts at that time to move to us only for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well so at the time yeah we were still uh, we were still studying so we had like our, our lives in the netherlands but i think um yeah, that probably crossed our minds like a couple of times. <laughs> okay. uh, I think my co-founder also wouldn't mind to move there. But I think because it's the internet, actually, it doesn't. Anywhere. Yeah, yes. it doesn't really matter too much. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Although of course you do have like a great network in places like Silicon Valley. I mean, everyone mm-hmm, is working mm-hmm. on this kind of stuff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it's also very motivational, of course, to have people around you who are doing something similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we we weren't really familiar with like other. I mean especially amongst our peers but also in general in in the city that we studied in Eindhoven mm-hmm. we weren't really familiar with like other people running the same kind of like online software mm-hmm. and uh, so most people we knew were also just transitioning into like uh, jobs as employees mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. of course nice if you have like other people that you can share some of your ideas with that are also doing something similar so of course i think that would have been like uh, interesting Idea, and
1: then the next uh, and the most important or the one that you are building now, the next uh, project. Right. Yeah. This? So that that's like our,
0: our main product right now. So Thimer gave us like um, really our first experience with like building an online product and mm-hmm. gave us like, um, uh, you know, like the, the initial customers and the initial traction that we needed and also some, some money to build like our our next bigger uh, product, Mm -hmm. which is uh, papiers And that's like a product that uh, companies can use to build internal websites. Mm -hmm. And um, we started building that actually a little bit based on what we needed ourselves again, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. now that we were slowly like turning into like a real business, we Mm -hmm. had like all these sort of documents and notes and everything to take care of that we wanted to sort of organize in one place. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also from some feedback that we got from from Thimer users Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. things that they needed for their company and when we looked at um, sort of products to to do this like organize information you have things like wikis for example and like uh, intranet software Um, but both of them kind of have this uh, ring to it that it's a little bit like complicated Uh, it's you know, the, usually you need some technical knowledge to set it up, yes. and especially with intranets, like already the name is boring to people. Yes. It's yes. like uh, very nineteen nineties. And instead of thinking like, oh, this is very boring, it's kind of like, wait a minute, if all of these products to do this are <laughs> stuck in the nineties, that's mm-hmm. actually a good thing because mm-hmm. that means that if there we is make, if yeah, if we make like the two thousand, you know, yes. what, what was it back then, <laughs> thirteen version of it, then. Um, you know that's actually going to be very modern and sets it apart from the rest Mm -hmm. so we
1: were very excited to start about uh, that idea so you took the, the best things from the uh, the w- wiki and the best things from the internet and built in something modern and something more usable yeah and easy to use
0: yeah so we thought like okay wh- what is it that, that would make it very nice to use but mm-hmm. then have sort of like so it's a little bit like a wiki and a bit like an internet, but mm-hmm. then everything is really just drag and drop so mm-hmm. it's it, we just spent a lot of effort on making our own uh, editor so it's like this what you see is what you get editor yes. so it, it feels kind of like uh, let's say a word or something <laughs> so that mm-hmm. people can can easily use it and other than that if you want to do anything fancy like like building forms or adding all kinds of navigation you can just drag and drop it onto a page okay so it's really okay. the sort of products that um, that people are familiar with from kind of like consumer facing products. Mm -hmm. So maybe something like uh, Weebly or like this uh, other drag and drop editors, but then for like company use and Mm -hmm. building these internal sites. And uh, for our first customers, it was really great because they needed usually like an IT department to sets things up. Mm-hmm. And every time somebody wanted to share information, they had to call IT to make of a course. change to the page. And you know, yes. it was all very complicated. So um, so yeah, that was great to get this feedback that people really loved, the, the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that then grew actually much bigger than, than Thimer. I think also because um, task managers are of course easier to to make, so there's a lower barrier to entry basically, and there's there's a lot of them. So I mean, we have different IDs on them, and and timer was different than the other ones, but it's still it's kind of like a similar ID with a twist basically. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. found it easier to get like uh, more customers for for because that was really
1: Papiers.com.
0: Yeah, okay that's uh, that was really different from like the other internet mm-hmm. software mm-hmm.
1: what was the the biggest challenge or what is the biggest challenge at this moment with this project so I think it's a combination of uh, first
0: of all it's it's of course a big product to make so mm-hmm. we were kind of stubborn and developed it ourselves because that's like our, our our main background but that's that's challenging but it's also fun to do so we we basically do like the the full stack so we, we do the servers we do we write the, the software itself both the back end and the front content mm-hmm. and on top of that we also do like all the the marketing so that that's a big challenge of course mm-hmm. um, and I think the, the other main challenge that every company has is just like, okay, how do I get my customers mm-hmm. um, in uh, in in a field that is um, just in general online software is very competitive, of course. So yeah, that's just a combination of techniques like uh, trying to get different press, maybe trying to get people to talk to you, integrate with other marketplaces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you name it. Uh, so that's uh, those are, I think, the, the two main challenges.
1: Same market as...
0: The- timer, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's both kind of like business product productivity software, mm-hmm. so to say, mm-hmm. where we find though that the timer was uh, usually uh, for a little bit smaller teams, and with uh, Paypers we also have like some bigger customers that are like uh, let's say hundreds of users, and that also makes it a little bit easier for us to to manage like bigger investments in the product because we can we can charge a bit more per month than for a product that's only aimed at very small teams, and that has helped us a lot to to actually expand
1: the the product. Yeah. Do you promote uh, your company as a Netherlands company or as a European company? or? Well, I mean, it, it is of course like a, a Dutch company, but
0: I think to most people that um, that subscribe to our software, it doesn't matter too much where we're mm-hmm. from. So th- the only thing that we really focus on is like our our customer support. So we're really fast with like replying to emails. So that so we have customers from Australia and mm-hmm. also from uh, San Francisco or like, you know, West Coast or like time zones apart basically. And I think to them, it doesn't matter so much where you are as long as you provide like a good service. So we make sure that for like both both those cases we just reply fast and some people are even surprised to find out that we're in Europe because they just assume that they're talking to like an American company for example so I think that's a good sign that that means at least that that people get the same kind of like service or quality that they expect from like w- w- whichever other software they're, they're using from maybe a local market so yeah and other than that um, it's it's all in English so mm-hmm. um, that means that uh, everyone who's kind of comfortable with it and we find that most countries we have customers that use our software so so Ironically enough, the, the only sort of like uh, spot where it's a bit less is maybe Europe because it's so <laughs> fragmented language-wise. Yes. So we have, for example, uh, again many customers in the US, but all over the world, also Brazil or um, uh, yeah Australia, Russia. But zero in France. <laughs> 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 maybe just because we don't to, have a uh, we French, don't have a French uh, version, and yes. I think um, I mean it's with with France, uh, it's like an example. But I, I think there's many. Mm-hmm. Uh, countries where the language is just more important than in other countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And How is
1: Sweden? <laughs> we
0: also have a couple of customers from uh, from Sweden. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so I think for them, the 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 language is less of a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just that maybe uh, traditionally for like online software, it is hasn't really been like a big market just because it's not so big that's the only reason mm-hmm. so i mean mm-hmm. if if you look at it percentage wise i think yes. they're on par with like uh, probably the the us and okay. and the uk and so yes it's only for the countries that that really have like a strong focus on that it that it should be like localized to their language mm-hmm. where where we don't like s- sell a lot mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. think this is also slowly changing so I can imagine that in some countries, if language has been important, then it takes a while before it's it's no it, it's not anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. basically, because everyone in your team has to use it, so yes. if there is let's say three people that are very uncomfortable with English, then this this might be an issue. But also with our with this Papers product, everything is also very customizable, and as mm-hmm. it's mostly about the content itself, I mean that you can write in whichever language you want. Yeah. Uh, so all the menus and all the pages you can completely customize. Mm-hmm. So we have, for example, uh, I think there are some companies in in Southern America that need to have their content both in Portuguese and Spanish. And they use the products by just uh, offering pages in different languages, for example. Um, So we've heard from some of them that 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 actually works without problem. The same in Canada with English and French. So so that's mostly not really an issue for for those regions.
1: For managing your project uh, and your scheme, do you use any kind of management procedures? Like... Agile or Lean or sure
0: Yeah, so we haven't really put a label on it, but I, I guess you could maybe describe it as, as something that's a little bit uh, agile. So we, we really try to um, to really do releases fast. And this is still something that, uh, <laughs> that yeah. we just have to remember, yes. us, <laughs> remind ourselves like, okay, to really do that, uh, I mean, we both really like improving the software and the, the experience a lot so then you can of course get caught up into like making a feature, you know, take too long to, to develop. But we, we try to, to do uh, quick releases and of course, uh, well, we use our own software to, <laughs> to manage our team, of course. And uh, for like the, the major decisions, I think it's also important that we have from time to time face-to-face meetings mm-hmm. with I mean, your clients. No No, with uh, with with ourselves I mean we are Of course like a remote team Mm -hmm. um, So it doesn't really matter Where we work from But it's nice From time to time To just meet up And Mm -hmm. uh, brainstorm Mm -hmm. a bit Over a coffee or whatever But other than that We just uh, Yeah we use uh, Skype a lot To to stay in touch uh, And of course Our own products So uh, yeah We manage like Our our task list of course With Diamond. And have a lot of documents On papers And uh, so yeah That that works well
1: And uh, how is the collaboration Between you the, The company And other clients Yeah so it's what so, channels do you use the most or yeah so we have uh, the channel we use the most is to actually that we have a little uh,
0: feedback option within our our apps that people can directly contact us so mm-hmm. they can click mm-hmm. on this little icon and just send us a message mm-hmm. okay how does the you know maybe they have some question or suggestion for feature mm-hmm. um, and all our um, customer support we do by email and that makes it very easy for us to manage because uh, if people are from all over the world and we would have to schedule in calls or demos that makes it very tricky to offer the sort of like level of service that we want like fast replies
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh to basically everyone so this is a, a good way to scale that and and i think people are in general happy with sort of like the response time so maybe they are used to if, if a company takes like two days to reply mm-hmm. i think that's very frustrating right course, i mean if you have a question and it, it feels like it yes, take, it, they take they take forever to co- yes. to get back to and you. This is nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is for that is from the nineties. So yeah, so we try to do all of that by by email to
1: to make that very manageable. And do you do something automatically or is everything super personalized? To the yeah, pers- so
0: everything is personalized. Okay. It's actually a funny story with with timer. We took that uh, originally a step further even. That we uh, every year for Christmas we wrote people uh, handwritten postcards. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was fun. So we 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 bought like this big stack of postcards, and then every customer would get one. Well, of course, some countries don't even have Christmas, and so uh, that, that <laughs> was so we just write something like Happy Holidays, yeah. and we had like these postcards with some snow on it, like an Amsterdam Bridge or something. Some people don't even have snow in, 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 <laughs> during our Christmas, so. Uh, I think it was very fun to to hear people from the other side of the world yes. or the other hemisphere yes. say like, "Hey, I got this snowy postcard from you guys. <laughs> awesome!" In you Netherlands. Know, uh, in, yeah, from the Netherlands. Netherlands in, exactly. Uh, New
1: Zealander, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And they're they're uh, you know they're it's super sunny, and, yeah. and I think that, that that's great. So we really, really like to have a co- kind of like personal touch to our mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. our supports. Mm-hmm. And uh, this thing with the postcards, we haven't actually done for a long while, but uh, I'm mean, it's kind of like. There's not really a specific reason for it. It's just kind of like, I don't know, we had a lot of other things to do, but yeah. I think we should do it again uh, <laughs> sometime soon because it, it was uh, a bunch of fun. We were just sitting in like, one of those coffee places in Eindhoven yes. writing those cards. Yes. And uh, I, I think every, for every coffee we ordered, they were probably also like, what are these guys doing you know? We had like hundreds of postcards. But uh, that was tremendous fun. And um, uh, people also,
1: you know, Uh, went to Twitter and just tweeted like wow we just got this random postcard (laughs) like You know, how cool is that? So, So, uh, yeah, that was very fun. It's very interesting. Every time when when the market is going in one way, if you go in directly opposite way, 180 degrees. uh,
0: Oh, absolutely. uh, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, I I think it's great to just come up with some own ideas and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not do what is like normal because everyone else is doing it. So this just felt like something fun to do. Uh, A little bit random, but uh, people (laughs) appreciated it. And and it was was also for us a great way to show our appreciation for, especially Mm -hmm. with timer, in the first year, of course, it's a new product. We got a lot of feedback from people, so that was uh, yeah, we, we, we actually felt passionate about you know, like having good service and a, and a good product. So, this was like a, a nice way for us to, to show it. And I think for them, it was also fun, I think, to, to get these <laughs> postcards. of course, yeah,
1: if you have any song connected to this uh, journey, with this <laughs> journey, yes, exactly, yeah. with this journey. What would be that song? Oh, that's uh, that's a tough question, actually. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like
0: um, what's this song from uh, Queen called? Like, is it like Bohemian Rhapsody? The yes. one that is so different. Yes, that is yes, So, uh, yeah. so maybe um, it's maybe so not so much about the lyrics then, but more about these different parts. You okay, know, okay. where um, it's uh, I mean, it's it's a brilliant song, like the mm-hmm. the way it's uh, composed with all these uh, different. Uh, well, I I don't know all the technical terms, but. It's like every piece of the song Turns into something else. Yes. It's a little bit how the how the journey felt because it's a great
1: journey mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it has many different parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the parts in the song they are repeating exactly. They come
0: they come back. Yes. And then um, it all ends on a high note, you know. And it's like uh, looking back at it, it also feels like a consistent piece, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. it's just very different
1: mm-hmm. parts. There are some loops. Yeah. There are yeah. some cycles that are just repeating exactly. you, from it and you do it again and so. On. And
0: it's uh, you know it's a very catchy song and so is uh, so is uh, so this is so is doing business. We 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 will use it in the beginning and in the end of (laughs) the podcast. Sure. And
1: you, if you are on a highway, of course, an imaginary highway, yeah. what's your instrument? Is it a car? Is it a motorcycle? Well, or it a motorcycle us being or? Dutch, it's probably <laughs> a bike. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
0: But uh, we we like to joke that uh, this went from a bike uh, to a Tesla, you know, okay, like yeah. <laughs> something uh, that we feel is like very, very modern, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we want to, uh, I, I mean, starting this whole journey is kind of a challenge. So maybe that is actually why, you know starting to drive on a highway with a bike it sounds mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. people laugh at you but it's that makes it this start very hard you know because at the beginning everyone is sort of like saying like shouldn't you get a real job you know yes. uh, so who, who you know who goes on the highway with a bike and you know maybe it's a bit risky you know at the yes. beginning so yes. but then afterwards when when things get really rolling uh, we hope to transition to that you know yes. Tesla phase where we can uh, where people see from the outside, like, uh, oh, think, things are going very well. Mm-hmm. And we also want to, to just run the whole business as something that's like, you know, very future facing, um, um, you know, look to create like really cool products. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so yeah, maybe that's like a good way to describe it. Okay, uh, I interviewed Thomas last time in mm-hmm. the last uh, podcast, and he was walking. <laughs> he said he walking, was walking. <laughs> excellent, yeah. <laughs> so, so you are a bit faster. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. well, we, we try to get off to, uh, to a quick start maybe, but uh, yeah, at the beginning, it's maybe, you know, for all businesses, maybe it's even crawling, you know, mm-hmm. that's just a space you have to go through. But, uh, I mean, well, we're done, so we have to start with a bike, <laughs> right? That's, uh,
1: yes. Do you have any questions for me? um for you um
0: yeah I I was actually wondering how you I mean it's it's great to have these uh, podcasts and to to learn also from from other companies um I was just wondering like how you uh, how you started with those
1: oh uh I had this idea f- actually for a very long time oh yeah and I think 10 years ago uh, I've been invited to a radio show at the radio France international the branch in my city and I was so amazed about this whole idea to be the one who asks questions right so i had this idea for a long time i said i want to have my own show sure but i was always traveling with different projects with different yeah, trainings i had it's, it's addictive also exactly yeah. yes and i didn't have the time to stay in one place with a podcast it's very easy because you have the show with you everywhere you go yeah so you that's just have right. one microphone you know ipad or stuff and yeah you can have it Or you could even do it like online.
0: It's maybe not so great like sound quality, but uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I see. But
1: this year, I said, okay, if I will not do it this year, probably I will not do it at all. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the beginning. Okay, great. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it was my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, and good luck with all your projects. Yeah, thank you. You too. (laughs)